Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at current events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now. This episode of All Things is brought to you by Crossway, publisher of the new book, You're Not Crazy, Gospel Sanity for Weary Churches by Ray Ortland and Sam Alberry. Being a pastor is hard, whether it's relational difficulties in the congregation, growing opposition toward the church as an institution, or just the struggle to continue in ministry with joy and faithfulness. The pressure on leaders can be truly overwhelming. It's no surprise that pastors are burned out, tempted to give up, or think they're going crazy. In this new book, Ray Ortland and Sam Alberry want to help weary leaders renew their love for ministry by equipping them to build a gospel-centered culture amid every aspect of their churches. If you have benefited from the You're Not Crazy podcast, then we think your church will really benefit from this book. Pick up a copy of You're Not Crazy today and receive 30% off when you sign up for a free Crossway Plus account at crossway.org. Okay, this episode of All Things is going to air during Thanksgiving week. We're actually going to release it on Wednesday, the day before Thursday, the day before Thanksgiving, in hopes that you will listen to it as you are preparing yourself or maybe your home, your food, your family, whatever you are preparing for the big day tomorrow. But even if you're listening later in the year, don't worry, because we're talking about the spiritual discipline of giving thanks, which is actually important and helpful throughout the year, not just on this one special day. So keep listening because I'm going to be talking to author and pastor Dustin Crow. Dustin wrote a book a few years ago called The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. So I don't know if you can relate to that title, but I certainly can. And I thought having a conversation with him this week especially would be helpful for all of us. Well, let me start by giving you guys some fun research about the discipline of giving thanks. Here are just some fun statistics that convey how important it is to give thanks. Um, every day of our lives. So first, I want to tell you about the gratitude gap that we have here in the U.S. 90% of us consider ourselves grateful, but only 52% of women and 44% of men express gratitude on a regular basis. So there you see that gratitude gap. There's a gap between the gratitude that we have and the thanks that we give. And that's going to actually be a major theme of the conversation that I'm having with Dustin. But here are some other fun statistics that just link the habit of giving thanks to our overall well-being. Okay, so regular gratitude journaling has been shown to result in 5% to 15% increases in optimism and 25% increased sleep quality. So you you give thanks, you write it down, you're going to be more optimistic, and you're going to sleep better. Over 90% of American teens and adults indicated that expressing gratitude made them extremely happy or somewhat happy. A five-minute gratitude journal, a five-minute daily gratitude journal can increase long-term well-being by 10%. So just spending five minutes a day being grateful can make you better for 10, by 10% over the long haul. Um, in a study of 400 healthy people, Those participants who had higher scores on a gratitude test also had significantly better sleep. They reported a faster time to get to sleep, improved sleep quality, increased sleep duration, and less difficulty staying awake during the day. Another study observed a group of women keeping a gratitude diary. This group doing 
gratitude exercises in their diary had elevated optimism, improved well-being, decreased blood pressure, and better sleep quality. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains, and they report feeling healthier than other people. In one 11-week study of 96 Americans, those who were instructed to keep a weekly gratitude journal exercised 40 minutes more per week than the control group. So it seems objectively, even scientifically, having gratitude and giving thanks is good for all of us physically and emotionally, just overall, but also spiritually. You know, it is commanded by God to give thanks. No surprise there that our maker and our savior knows what's good for us, including expressing our gratitude. So keep listening in. Dustin has some really helpful wisdom for us. We'll be talking about the spiritual discipline, what it looks like to grow in this area, what it might look like to practice it in times of difficulty and trials and so much more. I hope it encourages you as much as it did me. And whether you're listening the day before Thanksgiving or not, I want you to know I am truly grateful for each and every one of you who listens into all things. Thanks so much, you guys. Welcome to All Things, everybody, and I want to welcome Dustin Crow. Dustin is a pastor and an author, and I reached out to him um, for this Thanksgiving week episode of All Things because Dustin wrote a book called The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, and I certainly see myself in that title. I can tend to be a grumbler, and I would imagine that many of our listeners can as well, especially, maybe even especially during Thanksgiving week or during the holidays. It can be so easy to revert to grumbling. So Dustin, um, I want to thank you to all things, and I would love to ask you to introduce yourself to everybody. Let us know more about who you are. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So I'm a pastor. We live on the south side of Indianapolis, so we're in Indiana. Um, I have two kids. My wife and I have a six-year-old daughter and a two-year-old boy, so they keep us pretty busy. Um, And uh, like I said, a local pastor doing discipleship. So it's a little bit of who I am. That's awesome. Um, I wonder, Dustin, why you wrote a book about grumbling and Thanksgiving. It kind of feels a little bit like praying for humility. <laughs> what what caused you to do this? Yeah, it's probably, you know, when you write a book, there's several things converging. Um, one is I do learn by writing, by researching. And so I, I knew it was an area I had a lot of room to grow. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this so well. Let me write a book. It was, I see room for growth here. So let's study this. Um, that was one. I taught a couple classes at our church on spiritual disciplines. And every time we talked about Thanksgiving, I really saw that there wasn't a lot of literature out there. You know, there's a lot on spiritual disciplines with like Bible reading and meditation and prayer, but like confession and Thanksgiving, those two often get left out. So I saw it as a need. And yet whenever we practice that as like a class or a group practice giving thanks, we would do that for a month. It seemed like that really helped people. And so I want to just write a resource that could help point people to not just start to name things, but to get to know God through the practice of Thanksgiving. So those were a couple of reasons. Yeah, that's so good. I love when writing flows from what God's doing in your own life, as well as in your own church. I think that's so sweet. Um, And I want to circle back to what you just said, but we'll get to some other things first. But yeah, I have noticed lately, just in the scriptures, that Thanksgiving seems to be like a safeguard. I don't know. I feel like that's what that's sort of a theme that comes up, like a safeguard for our souls. Giving thanks, and I know we're going to talk all about that. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna shelve that for a minute because first I want to ask you, um, do you think that we're more cranky than we used to be? Are we a people who are more pessimistic? Um, Are we more grumbly uh, in this generation than we have been in the past? Yeah. 
it's always a little bit hard to say um, all of the difference. You know, people, those are common sins, ingratitude, grumbling. You know, those are common sins in the Bible. I think all humans throughout history, we struggle with entitlement. We struggle with this ingratitude, discontentment. Some of the, you know, those sins and struggles underneath the grumbling. I think that's common, but it does seem like today, um, you know, in our social media age, but maybe especially the last three or four years with all that's been happening, I feel like people are on edge more than ever. Um, people are frustrated. And some of that is people are very busy and distracted. So we don't cultivate Thanksgiving. We just feel kind of pushed to the ground of all the things we have to do. And then, like I said, social media, I think has changed that, you know, we're getting negative news, scary news all the time. And so I think people are a bit more fearful. And then um, you're also just seeing things that maybe make people jealous, or they're seeing all the good things in people's lives. So I do think social media and just the constant information flow we receive has made people crankier, more feisty, and probably a little less thankful in general. Yeah, I think you're right. Did you write this book prior to the pandemic, during it, after it? It was, I was wrapping up just in the beginning of 2020. So yeah. Oh my goodness. What prophetic timing Yeah. that you would, you would be dwelling on Thanksgiving as we're going into that worldwide lockdown. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, um, it was, you feel that need all the time, but especially I think these last three or four years, um, I sense even my own heart, the need to fight back against the grumbling and fight back against this, like, ah, I'm stressed out. And Thanksgiving is part of how we do that. So. In that answer that you just gave, Dustin, I feel like, are you saying that grumbling is like the surface presenting symptom and underneath it are things like entitlement or fear? Is, is that what you're saying? I think so. Uh, I mean, often when you grumble, when you're complaining, essentially what I'm saying is I don't like what God is giving me. I don't like what God is taking me through, um, or I feel like I deserve better. I deserve something different. So I do think some of those like under the surface sins, it might be disappointment, discontentment, um, again, ingratitude to God. Um, so I think anytime in the Bible, there's a sin, grumbling is how we kind of, it's the alert sign or what's what we see. But for me, it's kind of a, a red flag that in my heart, maybe there's frustration, disappointment, burnout. Um, and those are the things I probably need to address. And then it's, the answer isn't just don't grumble. Um, I think the answer is you actually have to actively give thanks. Sometimes we just want to say, well, like, I know I shouldn't tell, I shouldn't complain. I should be happy with things the way they are. But biblically, it's actually cultivating thanksgiving and telling God, thank you for what I do have and who you are, as opposed to just kind of shutting down the grumbling. Yeah. I feel like grumbling is really acceptable. Like, um, maybe even one of those like sort of respectable sins to steal Jerry Bridges book title from years ago. Just one of those things where as believers, we don't necessarily say, yeah, this is wrong. Um, I think maybe even just speaking about my own soul and habits and rhythms. Like I think I get into just even kind of a routine of grumbling and thinking that it's fine. Like I'm just being truthful about something. I'm just mm -hmm. saying what's true about this situation. Um, but can you unpack that a little bit for us? Cause I, I, I sense some conviction coming on, like maybe grumbling really isn't okay. <laughs> help us. I don't know. Help us identify that. Yeah, like you said, I do think it is probably a more respectable sin. We see it as like venting today. We don't like circumstances. We're frustrated. And so especially with one another, we grumble and complain. 
Um, and again, there's probably an element of that if you're just sharing burdens, sharing frustrations, like that's normal. But I think grumbling, again, if you think of like Israel in the wilderness, when they grumbled, it wasn't just like, ah, oh, the wilderness is hard. Let's talk about it. It was more of this, like, why is God putting us here? Why is he not giving us all the things we had in Egypt? Or why are we not in the promised land yet? And so I think you have to look at your own heart when you're venting or complaining and asking, um, am I actually disappointed with God? Am I actually frustrated with God? Um, and am, am I spreading grumbling or gratitude? I mean, we all have people in our life mm. where we kind of know they're grumblers and they kind of pull us down and we feel that negativity. Um, and it's easy for that to grow and grow if we don't cut it off. If we don't, again, practice a positive saying like Thanksgiving, we just are going to keep grumbling. Yeah. Grumbling is contagious as yeah. is gratitude, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, something that, yeah, I just kind of thought of a, a distinction. Can you help us make a distinction between, for example, some of the Psalms that David wrote where clearly there there's a negative tone <laughs> there? Um but yet it doesn't cross a line into grumbling versus what you've said about the Israelites in the desert um, participating in grumbling. Is there a way to express negative emotions without veering into grumbling territory? Yeah. Well, I think that's what the biblical category of lament especially does. Um, lament brings our burdens, our concerns, our disappointments, our pain to God. And so whether we're lamenting or, you know, complaining, whatever it is, I think the faith aspect is you're giving that to God because you do trust him. So even though you're struggling with it and it's hard, ultimately you believe he alone can change this. He alone can be your comforter in the midst of it. Um, so I think of Numbers 11 is a story where Israel complains, but they never go to God. And so all they do, it says there's a rabble. The rabble starts spreading that grumbling. It's contagious. Um, but then Moses at the end, he grumbles, but he grumbles to God. He goes to God. And he says, why have you given me these people? Like, what am I supposed to do for them? Um, and the people are actually judged, but Moses is not. And I think part of that is because Moses took those concerns and frustrations to God. Again, he expressed he's not happy. Like, God, help me know what to do. Help me know why you're doing this to me. But he ultimately took it to God because he trusted him. Whereas Israel's grumbling, man, we really don't trust you. So we're not going to talk to you about it. We're just going to complain to one another. So I'd say that's a distinction. You take it to God in faith as opposed to just talking about it with other people or even in your own heart. Mm, that's really good. And we are not awesome at taking things to the Lord, are we? Because, I mean, I guess we're not soaking in that. We're not seeing that around us. We're not being discipled by that as much as we are being discipled by social media where there's grumbling and it's, it's okay. And even just in our personal life conversations, we're sort of repeating and replicating grumbling. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's maybe been an awakening in the last few years in the church to like, we need to learn how to lament better. Um, and, and maybe as we improve lamenting, um, the grumbling will decrease. Um, yeah. how, how can we grow in lamenting? Well, Mark Rogop has a great book. Um, he was my pastor, so um, I was actually his assistant when he worked on that book. And so um, that is a great book to practice that. I think, again, just going to the Psalms. And part of why I think the Psalms are so interesting is you do get this raw honesty of David especially, but whoever the psalmist is. But it's again, it's not just complaining and venting. Often it starts that way, like, God, hear my cry. Here's what's going on. Psalm 3 is David saying, like, my son has taken my throne. I'm on the run. I feel shame. I feel fear. 
And yet, as he takes that to God, and as he reminds himself who God is, that he is his shield, he's the one who protects him, often there's this subtle shift where he, he moves from the lament to actually resting in God. And so a lot of psalms that are, we categorize them as lament psalms, they include thanksgiving. Because those two aren't opposed, it's not like you have to choose either sorrow or choose rejoicing. I mean, we know as Christians, part of what we do is we live in the tension of both, that I feel sorrow and yet I want to lean in to who God is and why I can still rejoice in Him regardless of circumstances. Yeah, that is really helpful to say we don't have to choose. It's not like when we sit down to Thanksgiving dinner, we don't have to pretend like all we have is gratitude. Um, Now, hopefully the Lord will bring us there even through a deep valley or lament, but we can be honest about our emotions and our grief and take it to him. So I appreciate you kind of coaching us in that. Um, let's go, let's go move a little bit more like to sociology here. Everybody's going to sit down to Thanksgiving dinner this week. Uh, families are going to converge on their tables. And I know, um, at least I sense from, you know, TV, <laughs> movies, traditions, people that, there is this tradition that we're all going to sit, you know, go around the table and say what you're thankful for. <laughs> um, it's usually sort of a comedic scene in some movies that take place at the holidays. But who are Americans thinking? You know, there's this generic tradition of say what you're thankful for. But who do you think the average American is saying thank you to for that gift? Yeah, it's a good question. There's probably a couple of different things going on. Um, my experience kind of being in that scenario, but just reading reading a lot of gratitude literature, whether it be for adults or um, part of what also spurred this book is I have little kids and I would look for Thanksgiving books and all of them, they probably sound like that table where it's I'm thankful for and everybody names three or four things. By the way, if you're experiencing that, you want to go early so you don't have your <laughs> Thanksgiving list taken. Um, if you're 20th, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, but usually at the table or in books, it's just, I'm thankful for stuff, but there's no person being thanked. Mm -hmm. And so I think around a lot of tables, people are thankful, but they don't know to who or why, or maybe they think I'm thankful for these things, but I'm the one who's provided them. And so I do think there's a disconnect between Thanksgiving is always Thanksgiving to someone you're giving thanks. And yet people don't actually often pause to say, oh, I'm thankful to God for these things. Hey, All Things listeners, do you guys know about Dwell Differently? Dwell Differently is a monthly scripture memory membership. Each month, Dwell picks one verse for all their members or followers to memorize together. They put the verse on a temporary tattoo or sticker or an art print, key tag, sometimes jewelry, and they send it out to everyone at the beginning of the month. Seeing the verse over and over on your skin or on a sticker helps you commit it to memory. By the end of the year, you have dwelt on and memorized 12 different verses. I have been memorizing scripture with Dwell for about a year and a half, and I can honestly say that the verses I've tucked away in my mind and heart have been a source of peace and courage and really just kindness from the Lord as I've recalled them in various situations. Dwell's memory verse for December is, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, 
He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. That's from Titus chapter three, verses four and five. Meditating on this verse throughout December will be sweet because it reminds us that the appearance of Jesus, the baby in the manger, is because of God's kindness, love, and mercy. When I wear my tattoo reminding me of that verse out shopping or to various Christmas gatherings, people will ask me about it. I've definitely experienced people always ask, and then I'll be able to really easily and briefly point them to the sweet truth of Christmas. Dwell Differently tattoos, stickers, and jewelry would also make a great Christmas gift. And I know they're already having a Christmas sale, so be sure to check that out at dwelldifferently.com. Let's memorize God's word together this month. Gosh, I think that is such a helpful distinction and even just sort of a, um, I don't know, diagnosis of our age that we don't appreciate the connection between what we have and where it came from the human hands that might've touched it, but of course, God in heaven who provides life and breath and everything where we sort of think we're self-made or that, you know, we're responsible for all of this. And so we don't give thanks to a specific entity. And of course, in this case to, to our God above. Um, so yeah, I like that idea of like, who, who are we thinking? And, and maybe those who are listening, maybe you can say that in a way that's, you know, uh, gentle at the at the Thanksgiving table this weekend. Like, who? Where did that come from? How did you get that? Who? Who do we thank? That's helpful. Yeah. Why do we need to say thanks out loud? I mean, why not just sort of say thank thank you in my heart? Is it is there something that matters when you, you express it to other people or express it out loud in prayer to the Lord? Well, I think first it's biblical. It's called Thanksgiving, not thanks thanking. So um, the idea is like again, the Psalms will often say. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that's where even distinguishing gratitude and thanksgiving. So gratitude is more what we feel. We're grateful to God. But what's often commanded is not the feeling. It's the act, the expression mm-hmm. of giving thanks to God. So, I mean, I think it's like human relationships. When we are proud of someone, it actually helps us and them to tell them, to affirm them. Um, when we appreciate someone, when you actually tell them, like, thank you for doing that thoughtful thing for me. Um, I think it kind of joins your heart to theirs. The the expression actually not only encourages them, but it knits you to them. So I think when we give thanks to God, it's a reminder by actually either saying it or thinking it. Yeah, God deserves the credit. Like God did do this. So it helps you have that mental reminder. I'm not just thankful for stuff, but I'm thankful to God. Um, But also I think when we express anything, it gets it deeper into our heart. So when I'm praying and I actually pause to thank God for specific things, there's something about that process in prayer or writing it down in a journal that again, gets it deeper. You actually start to think about it. You feel it a little bit as you write it down or say it out loud. So I think when we express things, um, it just takes our experience of it and even our processing of it to um, a little bit deeper level. Hmm. That's really helpful. I think that's really practical and tangible. You know, that it says give thanks to the Lord. Um, that it is an active, um, it's an active process where you're either using your voice or you're writing it down, but you're actually saying it, that it's a proactive thing. What are some of the other benefits of giving thanks? Like, I'm sure there's more, you know, I'm sure there's pr- probably many. What do you think? What, what, what benefits us when we give thanks? I think one thing it does is, again, we talked about how in all cultures, but especially today, like we can tend to be We can be grumpy, we can be fearful, we struggle with anxiety probably more than ever. 
And so mm. part of what, at least in my own life, and I think this is true biblically too, what happens as we proactively, proactively give things to God, our mindset, our heart shifts. So we stop thinking about all the problems, the frustrations, the fears we're hearing on the news, all the things about my life I don't like. As you say, thank you, God, for who you are, and you start to list those things. Or thank you for these ways you have protected and provided and cared for me. Or thank you for these blessings in life and in this world I do have. Again, it shifts your heart and your mind away from the the things that cause grumbling to, oh, there's a lot of good in my life. There's a lot of good in this world. And sometimes we just need that mental reminder, and then it pushes out or squeezes out some of the fear, the worry, um, and the frustration. I think that's also a good reminder, like, look, God is at work. Even as believers, it's easy to think like, oh, man, is God really actively working in my life? Is he answering prayers? Like, is he caring for me? And if unless we intentionally list those, we tell God about them, they're probably out of sight, out of mind. And so for me, when I have seasons where I'm intentional about Thanksgiving, I just see all the ways God is at work. And in scripture, I see more of who he is and why he deserves being thanked. And I see his kindness and goodness. So it definitely elevates our worship where we're more mindful of God, but also we see who he is. Um, because one of the things I've experienced is as you give thanks to God, it's not just that old, um, that line that the giver is more important than the gift. That's true. But I actually think we learn about the giver through the gift. Mm -hmm. And so when you thank God for specific things, you're actually being reminded like, oh, he didn't just provide this for this financial need, but that shows me his care, that he's mm -hmm. invested in my life, that he's interested in me, that he knows my needs, he anticipates them, and he cares for me. And so it helps you see clearly this is who God is. And so I think that's part of that. It knits our heart to, to his and worship. Yeah. And goodness, I mean, as a pastor, you know, we're seeing anxiety like never before. Anxiety and worry and fear and just this tremendous pressure. Burnout is at an all-time high. Um, and it, it sounds like the antidote to that is giving thanks in some ways. I mean, that's obviously those issues are complicated and um, we're not going to just solve it with only this, but I think you're right. This is a huge part of it. When you counsel people, um, which I'm sure you do a ton, you know, being a discipleship pastor, I would imagine many of your days are filled to the brim with hearing weighty things in your congregation. How do you shift there pastorally from hearing the hard things, hearing the affair, the lost pregnancy, um, the tragedy, the the death, the suicide. How do you pastorally walk with people from receiving these heartaches and then encouraging them to pivot toward giving thanks? That that feels complicated to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is complicated because our emotions are complex. Um, but I think it's important to remember, like we talked about a few minutes ago, that um, we're not saying that being thankful means you sweep everything under the rug. It's not just positive thinking where it's, I'm going to ignore the hard stuff in my life. You know, when, when Paul says a couple of different places to give thanks in all things, I don't think he's saying like you give thanks for specific things. Like I'm thankful for the affair or the death. It's not that those acts are what you're giving thanks for, but what we learn is in the midst of everything, even the hardest things, the most painful things, we still see that God is at work and that God is doing good things, and that God is comforting us with his presence. And so I think part of what you're looking for is, um, how can I see God still at work? 
How can God be with me? And so, yeah, that's where, again, you're tying it to, you're lamenting this hard, painful thing. You're not sweeping it under the rug. You're, you're dealing with it. You're facing it. And yet at the same time, you are looking to see, okay, um, where is God's goodness in this situation? Where have I seen God be faithful in the past? Um, often it's a good reminder to say, when did I go through something hard in the past or something similar in the past? Well, I can see God's faithfulness then or how God provided then or how God was with me then. And so I can trust he's going to do that today or in, in this trial. Um, I'll give a quick example of this. So um, last Friday, I took my son down to um, my stepmom's house. My dad died last year of cancer. And so anytime I go back there, you know, I was sitting with uh, my son was playing with toys in a room. It's just a reminder that he's not there. The chair is empty. Um, he doesn't get to see my, my son grow up, which is sad. Like there is pain in that. Um, and so I do lament that. And I'm, I feel sorrow for that still a year and a half later, like it's painful. And yeah, I can give thanks to God for the dad I did have and the time we had together and the ways that he influenced my life. So I don't know God's timing and why he does things on the timetable he does. And yet I know I can trust God and I can trust that his plan for me is not plan B, it's plan A. And so I tend to lean into those promises and truths and give thanks for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, that, that that's part of why gratitude and thanksgiving, it's not dependent on circumstances, it's dependent on God. Mm-hmm. And so the more I thank him for who he is and what I know to be true, the less it must be rooted in like, okay, where's the blessing? I don't necessarily have to find the blessing. I just trust God's goodness in this. I think that is so countercultural, even counter to our Christian culture, because I, I feel like we are quick to try to find the silver lining or we're quick to sort of put a bow on our suffering and be like, well, you know, this is really bad, but there's this. And that feels sort of sentimental and, um, you know, kind of fluffy, like without substance. Um, and I think that a lot of times maybe our Christian culture is conveyed that way to outsiders and we look like we're just, you know, looking for pie in the sky. But what I hear you saying is actually, no, we acknowledge what is horrific and what is a loss and we grieve and we don't run from that, or at least we shouldn't. We we're called to, we're given ample space in the scriptures and examples of how to sit in our grief while at the same time acknowledging what is true about our God. Um, so I think this is really countercultural. It's really robust. It's really substantial, even, even for us in our Christian circles. How can we move toward growing that culture in our own heart, in our home, in our church? Um, what are some like just easy bite-sized steps that the listener could take toward moving away from that silver lining sentimentality toward a really deep biblical perspective on suffering and joy that are often in the same hand at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to give a couple of practical tips that like I've done or ways that have helped cultivate Thanksgiving. Um, But I would say part of why that matters, like you said, our, our knee jerk response to things we don't like is either the tendency to cover it up. We need to have this Instagrammable life that shows like I'm always joyful or it's, no, this is the worst, and then we just want to vent and complain. And both of those extremes are unhealthy, where it's only the grumbling, or it's just covering it up and not dealing with it. And so I do think this category allows us to say, like, yeah, things are really hard. I'm not happy with the hard situation. And yet I want to, as, as a follower, look for God's goodness in this. And so part of why Thanksgiving, kind of creating the habit is helpful, is it reminds you your knee-jerk response should be not, 
oh, why is this bad? Why is this hard? But how do I trust God in the midst of this? So even when you're at an airport and your plane gets delayed and canceled, um, I've been reminded like, okay, I have a lot of reasons right now to grumble, but what can I give thanks for? And you just start mm-hmm. listing those. And again, it just helps you fight back yeah. some of the, the frustration and the worry. Um, but a few things I think are easy and helpful. Um, one is just start writing down things you're thankful for. So maybe start small and say, you know, 30 days. We all know if you do a habit for 30 days, it tends to stick a little bit more. And so take 30 days and write down every day, you know, one, three, five, whatever works, things I'm thankful for. And that's helpful because, you know, after the first few days, you get past the basics. I'm thankful for food and family and faith. And then you have to actually start looking. Oh, what are other things I'm thankful for? And so it gets you thinking at a deeper level. But also it just becomes a part of your normal daily rhythm. Um, what am I going to thank God for today? Um, we often do that during November as a family. And so even my six-year-old daughter, like she's looking for reasons to give thanks and writing them. We'll write it on a, like a little leaf or a note. We make a Thanksgiving tree and we hang it up. So it's nice to have a visual and we can even read reasons we're thankful for. But you can do that in a journal. You can do that on your notes app. But just try a month of giving thanks every day. Um, and then a, another simple one is just prayer. Again, a lot of our prayers just start with like, okay, Lord, here's what I need. Give me, give me, give me. Um, and it's good to ask things from God. But just start your prayers for the next week with thankfulness. So um, whether you're praying at a meal or bedtime or just kind of praying as you read the word, every time for a week, just give one thanksgiving to God. One reason you're thankful. One thing you're seeing in the scripture. One thing you've experienced that day. And so again, it reorients your prayer life to primarily being beginning with who God is and why he's worthy of our things. So those would be a couple of simple things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Those are, all of us can start there. And as with anything good, you know, whether it's going to the gym or forging a new spiritual discipline or new eating habits or whatever, we just do these one, one small thing a day, but it really builds up. It's so counterintuitive. We think, you know, I need something massive and fast, but it's really just that slow drip, you know, that forms a deep canyon over time. So that, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, well, Dustin, I like to close every episode just sort of with a, a gospel truth. Like sometimes on this podcast, we talk about heavy things and we, we have done that somewhat today in terms of, re, you know, thinking about things to lament and suffering followed by gratitude. Um, but there's a quote from your book that I want to read and just ask you to respond to, to sort of sort of send us out from this episode with, with some gospel hope. Um, you say that Thanksgiving should be motivated by grace and gratitude, not guilt or greed. Can you unpack that and just set our hearts right as we head to this Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us, again, going back to that scenario of we're at the Thanksgiving table, we know we should be thankful. Often we think of Thanksgiving as like the guilty thing. We know we should do it. We know we should be more thankful you know, when my kids open up gifts, I kind of elbow them and say like, hey, remember to say thank you. That's the polite thing to do. And I think we think of Thanksgiving. It's, it's the polite thing. God wants me to do. I know I should do it. Or we think if I don't do it, God's not going to bless me. And so there's a little bit of like greed, guilt in that. Um, and that's not what Thanksgiving in the Bible is. Thanksgiving is a response to just looking at God's grace, all the ways he has blessed us, all the ways he has cared for us all the promises that belong to us in Christ, all the spiritual blessings we have through union with Christ. Um, I think when we remember the gospel of uh, how undeserving we are, how all we really deserve um, is judgment, and yet how gracious God has been to us, that we have blessing after blessing, 
not just in the world we live in, although there's tons of good things in this world, but especially as a believer in Christ, we just have all these promises that we know God will care for us, that because we're adopted, we can go to him as our father. No matter what my problem is today, I know my sin is forgiven. And so my biggest problem has been taken care of. So even on our worst days, we have reasons to be thankful because of the good news of the gospel and all that we have in Jesus. So I think it's that grace that makes us grateful. Um, and so then it comes out of the heart, not because God's elbowing us saying, hey, tell me thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Dustin, thank you for helping us prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving, not just this week, but Lord willing, we will take this to heart and implement some of these practices year round. I will, um, listeners be linking uh, Dustin's book in the show notes and invite you to go there for some other resources on Thanksgiving and um, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Dustin, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, thanks so much for listening to All Things, where we look at current events and cultural trends through a Christian lens. All Things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now.